now, ladies and gentlemen, it is over the line show. We're back. We're back on air. How crazy is that? I did steal this chair out of a Hollywood uh, Holiday Inn, by the way. This is more, this is not even a, a Holiday Inn chair. This is more like a, a Best Western type of chair. I've got another chair, it's just not comfortable enough, so I had to, I had to go with this guy. It looks good, don't it? Got some flowers in the background. Makes it uh, a little more, a little more homely. All right, uh, we, we've got all our issues figured out, I think. For the most part, hopefully we do, and we're we're back at it. We got our phone lines up. We're back on the YouTubes, and uh, everything should be grand. I hope we'll see how long this uh, this goes. Uh, I've had a lot of help from a lot of friends that are a lot smarter than me uh, and get this thing running. So I appreciate everybody's help for sure. Uh, We've got plenty to talk about today, obviously. I think I'm going to try to drag Jeff Poor in here uh, in the second hour, if we can hook that up. We, uh, we'll we see. He's in, I think he's in Montgomery at some sort of legislative conference for the state of Alabama or something. I don't know. Bunch of nerdy stuff I have nothing to do with. I don't even know what he's doing. So, yeah. We'll bring him in, and uh, that'll be that'll be exciting enough. Uh, the phone lines are open. You want to get in 646-668-2714. That is the number, 646-668-2714. I'm getting to a point where I'm actually starting to memorize that number a little bit. Imagine that. Do y'all hear my phone still doing that when I plug the charger in? This is what it sounds like when it vibrates. You ready for this? Somebody's got to help me solve this problem. What is that? Sounds like a bottle of medication every time it vibrates. It's crazy. I guess I could just take it to the Apple store or get my, my warranty situation figured. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a hassle. I ain't got time to fix it. So uh, if anybody knows a quick fix, y'all can... Let me know. All right, let's see what we got on our plate today. Um, more George H.W. Bush ceremony, funeral services, uh, celebration of life, whatever you want to call it, going on today. That's uh, that's been dominating the headlines. Also, Michael Flynn has uh, has a good portion of the headlines contributed to him. As the Mueller probe presses on, as we've seen for so long now. Um, so we'll kind of break down that for you and let you know exactly what's going on there, what it means, what it doesn't mean, and what everybody's reaction is to it. Um, the protest in France, the protests in France have resulted in Macron canceling his planned fuel tax hike after the old yellow jackets, yellow vests, if you will, have uh, protested and, and almost burned uh, the city and the country down. 
That's not to say that it won't be coming back in the future, but for now they're like, okay, okay, we'll stop. We're not going to raise your tax tax on your uh, your fuel, which was a pretty high tax. It was like uh, nine cents per liter of gas, which is, you know, there's over three liters in a gallon. So that's like, that's like here, but in uh, over 30 cents or, or 30 or so cents uh a tax uh, per gallon and th- and that doesn't go away that's always there no matter what the uh what the uh price of gas is so we'll uh we'll talk about that so what else house democrats what their plan is for the uh their new reign in the house of representatives what they plan on doing uh i got some christmas stuff for you a baby jesus in a cage to protest this anti-immigration Donald Trump and the things he's doing to these poor migrants. Also, a uh, a satanic statue at the uh, at the state capitol in Illinois, right beside their Christmas tree, and why they're allowing that. Uh, got some PETA stuff, some feminist stuff, and a grandma that is uh, seeking justice after she had been misclassified as a trans person and put in an all-male prison. <laughs> that is uh, that's the kind of stuff you can't make up. So we got that and uh, several other things. They got a 300-pound woman being charged with murder uh, for crushing her boyfriend. There's a little more to that story, but uh, that's the headline. The news is never dull. Y'all know that. I know that. So we'll uh, we'll hook all that stuff up, and we'll just conversate with you guys. I kind of like how we were doing the, the Facebook Live stuff where I was on there, and I was just talking to you guys in the chat. I kind of like doing that, and we could do this podcast this way. I don't know how riveting that would be for people that are not watching it live or that are going back and and watching it. Uh, after the fact, but I don't know. Y'all tell me. I'm not the one that has to watch and listen to this stuff. That's y'all, not me. Make sure you go on your social media and share this video. Uh, if you're following me on Twitter or you're following Over the Line on Facebook, you can just share it straight from there. Facebook has a tendency to, to not let people see when I put YouTube links out there. I don't think it's necessarily directed at the show. I think it's just YouTube in general. Facebook doesn't want people going to YouTube like um, like they're able to, to hide it. Like people don't know about YouTube. I don't know. Maybe. It's kind of like when you work at the radio station and they tell you not to mention the name of other radio stations. Like listeners don't know that those other radio stations exist. Like they're not stupid. Okay. Well, Mark Zuckerberg thinks we're stupid. Oh, there was another thing about uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Documents have been released that uh, entail emails that Zuckerberg had sent discussing the selling of of user data. And then he knew exactly what he was doing. He was It was very well planned out, methodical selling of data user data, your data, my data, there on Facebook, and uh, that could get that guy in some trouble. Facebook has, has suffered tremendously 
from the the scandals that they've endured over the past uh, few months, and they will continue to do so if they don't change something. These tech giants don't uh, they don't adapt to change very well. Now, when it comes to us, they'll change stuff on us in a heartbeat. You know those moments when they change some sort of feature and then everybody on Facebook is complaining about the new feature? I don't like what they did to Facebook. I was used to the other one. They expect us to deal with that, but they don't adapt to change. It is what it is. All right. Uh, OverTheLineShow.com is the website. You guys have been signing up for the newsletter in large numbers, and I appreciate that. I actually get email notifications when y'all do that, so I'm seeing them, and I appreciate you guys going out of your way to go and sign up for that thing. We, we haven't really even sent out our first newsletter, our first email, but it'll be on the way. We'll hook that up for you, so make sure, uh, make sure if you haven't done that to go do so, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. I use Drudge Report as kind of my my point of reference when there's not a lot of news out there. Drudge is, any of you guys that use Drudge, you all know how this is. They've got kind of just uh, an index of the news of the day, no matter how slow it is. Somehow Matt Drudge is able to come up with some news one way or another, no matter how much he has to dig, which is very admirable, especially for people like us who spend time doing this stuff. Um, and I use this guy, when again, when the news is slow. Um, he's got some headlines out today talking about Moonves destroying evidence and misleading investigators in his whole sexual assault case. Now, Les Moonves, as you know, he was the chief executive of CBS. And he had to uh, bow out because of these accusations. It, we saw it time and time again in, in Hollywood and in TV, TV in particular, uh, where people couldn't, uh, couldn't maintain their spot in the limelight after these things come out. Uh, Halpern... Mark Halpern, who else? Uh, I can't think of them off the top of my head. But uh, Les Moonves was facing multiple sexual misconduct allegations. And uh, his career as an entertainment titan was basically over. Apparently, he's destroyed evidence and misled investigators in an attempt to preserve his reputation and save his lucrative severance deal his severance package and that's according to a draft of a report prepared by the cbs's board they've come out and they've said hey this guy is hiding stuff from us he's lying to investigators he's over here at the paper shredder shredding documents and, and evidence as to what he's done because he knows if we find out the truth of what this guy's done He's gonna uh, he's gonna lose his his severance package. I, I don't know how much reputation plays into it, but money will make you do some crazy things. I have to assume that that would be the motivating factor. His his reputation, no matter what he gets paid from CBS, his reputation's pretty much tarnished 
there's nothing he can do about that. But uh, if there's a pretty big paycheck, which you know there is, and he can save that by hitting the paper shredder and getting rid of evidence or whatever the case is, then um, he's going to do it. So that's out there. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, Chris Cuomo is apparently, and I hope I haven't contributed to this because I would feel uh, really bad about it. I don't think he deserves it whatsoever. But he is apparently the most watched anchor on CNN. You thought I was going to say the most watched anchor on TV. No, on CNN, which is uh, not a big accomplishment, but in CNN's world, it is. In just six months, Chris Cuomo has taken the show Cuomo Primetime on the garbage heap of CNN and propelled himself to the top of the garbage heap. And he is, in fact, number one. Good for him. It's like uh, you're in first place in the last place group, which is definitely something you want to be proud of. Something you want to brag to your mom about. Uh, I think that's pretty much uh, a good synopsis of what we've got today. So we'll get into all that stuff. We'll answer your questions. If you've got any, we're just going to kind of hang out today and uh, see what you guys want to talk about. Again, 646-668-2714 is the number if you want to get in. If you want to email the show, Andrew at overthelineshow.com Andrew at overthelineshow.com and then overthelineshow.com is where the uh, the website is. It's got all that information on it and it's uh, right there at your disposal so you can certainly hook that up. We'll go ahead and we'll take a quick break. We'll reset and then we'll come out on the other side and Start swinging. Start breaking this stuff down. I've got some audio from George H.W. Bush's uh, funeral today where George W. Bush spoke. And uh, it was a pretty heart-wrenching moment. But uh, I wanted to make sure you guys heard that if you hadn't heard it yet. I'll play that for you and many other stuff to get to. So, y'all, hang tight. Over the line show 646-668-2714-646-668-2714. Uh, where did I get that song, you ask? I don't want to say. I might get this video deleted if I do. Can I just say I stole it? I got it on the YouTubes. I seriously did get it on YouTube. I just found it. I spend most of my days just looking looking up for looking up parodies while I sit at the airport waiting on Uber rides. <laughs> and let me tell you, for the rideshare people, there was some money to be made last night in Birmingham. Cause Elton John was in town. Everybody was needing a ride. Nobody wanted to go driving that crazy traffic to try to park. Um and you didn't have to deal with a bunch of drunk people. It was all middle-aged women that were that were tired because it was 10 o'clock at night. So it was a good time. I had fun with it. Uh, all right, overthelineshow.com, Andrew at 
overthelineshow.com. And uh, if you do want to find some of those video, if you hear a song on here that you like, uh, a parody or whatever, just whatever it sounds like it is, type that into YouTube. You'll probably find it. They're all pretty, uh, pretty easy to find. All right, let's do this. Let's go. Y'all ready? Y'all ready to go? Let's go. Hey now. Uh, I already mentioned what's going on in uh, in France, where Macron has permanently canceled the planned fuel tax hike after the Yellow Vest protest. After the Yellow Vesters came out and they said, um, policies have consequences, and if this is what you want to do, we will fight back. We don't have the money for your stupid 30 cents a gallon gas tax. And we're not going to do it. Not going to do it. Not going to do it one bit. So he gives in to the demands of the of the Yellow Vest movement. And he cancels the proposed tax increase after the reaction from the protesters. And he's gone. He, he's gone from proposing this and, and pushing it forward to a six-month deferment. So the fuel tax hike was slated for next month, which is what kind of sparked this whole thing. And uh, it was canceled late today, I guess earlier today here, uh, following all that negative reaction. So they've simply deferred uh, the tax to another six months from now. Uh, they clarified by saying the increase is not suspended or deferred, but canceled. So I'm really confused about the terminology they're using. They're saying we're not, we're not push, we're not deferring it, we're not this, that, and the other, we're canceling it. And I think what they're doing here is they're just... They're playing on words. They're going to try this again. And if they do, they're going to get the same results. Now, will they learn the second time around, the third time around? I don't know. I mean, I'm never in the business of, of promoting riots. I don't think anybody should be rioting for any reason except, well, maybe, maybe a tax hike would be a good reason for a riot. Well... I mean, isn't that the reason for the Second Amendment? See, I'm learning stuff here. I'm learning stuff about how I think. Um, yeah, I agree with those riots. Think about it. the Second Amendment. We've got the Second Amendment to to prevent an overreaching, overzealous government from taking over, right? They don't have a Second Amendment there, so this is kind of their way to, to fight back. I'm for it. I just changed my mind. I am. I'm not for riots in most situations. Like most, you think about it, we have riots here or protests or whatever. They're usually over pretty stupid reasons. The people that have real grievances, real legitimate, uh, purposeful grievances, they never protest. Probably because they got to get up and go to work the next day. Well, they don't protest. It's like these jabronis in, in Hoover, Alabama. For those of you that are that are watching and listening that uh, live in Alabama, you know all about this. This this story is kind of 
uh, gaining some, some national traction over the past couple of days. I saw CNN put a story out about it either yesterday or the day before. And it's only a matter of time until the city of Hoover puts the kibosh on this thing. It's only a matter of time before it spreads and it is this big national scandal. And it may turn into a national scandal. The The only way it's going to do that for sure is if, in fact, this police officer was in the wrong by killing E.J. Bradford and did so in a very malicious way. If that's what the evidence presents. And then after that, that cop then gets off the hook with no sort of punishment. That would be a scandal. But we're not even close to that yet. We're not even to the first part of that, which is seeing the evidence. Now, the family has come out with their own autopsy by a, a, a private mortician or whatever you call a person that does an autopsy. And they said E.J. Bradford was shot in the back as he was fleeing the scene where the shooting occurred. With a firearm in his hand. Um, take that for what you will. I'm not going to say that that uh, that analysis is wrong. Because I don't know. But it is important that we do wait on the evidence from Aaliyah. Which Alabama Law Enforcement Agency. That's the, the, the state's FBI if you will. It is important that we wait for the the evidence from those guys as they conduct their information. And they're not going to release the information before the investigation is complete because it would compromise the investigation, so on and so forth. That's when, uh, that's when we'll know, and that's what everybody needs to wait on. But the scandalous part of this whole story is the fact that there is a group of people, a large group of people, that do not want to wait on that evidence. They've already got the conclusion. They've got it all figured out. They don't need to know nothing. They didn't even need to be at the gallery. They got it all figured out. They also said several days ago that they had the name and address of the officer that shot this this poor African-American male and that they were going to release his name. They're going to dox him. They're going to release all his information to the public. So then that guy's life would be, or that gal's life would be put in danger because with the crazies we see out protesting, they would have the opportunity to go to that person's house and do whatever they wanted, harm the family, whatever the case is. But then they came out, I guess it was today or maybe last night, and they said, well, the name we've got is who we think it is. <laughs> so they don't know who it is. They're just guessing. This is a very unorganized, bizarre group of protesters. Now, don't get me wrong. When we've seen protests, riots, whatever, on this issue across the country... They've never been very organized, but you don't have to have a protest that's organized in order to be destructive. 
or to get noticed, if you will. You just got to be willing to mess uh, crap up, if you will. You got to be willing to get out there and uh, cause a ruckus, riots, whatever the case is. You look back at Ferguson, you look back at Baltimore, you look back at several different places where uh, riots turned into mayhem and cities basically being burned to the ground. Um, those weren't organized. Those weren't very well organized, and they weren't really uh, led by intelligent, bright minds. They were just led by angry people that had a grievance before any of that stuff ever happened and were finally fed the opportunity to, to take it out. Take it out on the city, take it out on the, the, the public, whatever. In this case, you've got a guy named Carlos something or another. I can't I can't pronounce his last name, but we're just gonna call him Carlos. Uh who has, I guess, thrust himself into the leadership role of, of this this protest, this whatever you want to call it. And he's leading the way. He's he's leading his people to the promised land to expose police officers as terrorists. And that's what they were doing last night. When they were at the mall, they were shutting down the interstate. They were calling police officers terrorists and saying we don't negotiate with terrorists. Um, as we've said before, this thing could turn out bad in several different ways. But I think with the current situation we have, and I'm, I'm not even necessarily meaning to talk about this topic. I just kind of got off on a rabbit trail. To keep it from, from taking one of those routes where either a protester gets run over on the interstate or um, somebody gets shot or hurt or the protest rage out of control and destruction of property and, and people being injured starts to happen, the city of Hoover, Alabama, needs to step up and take control of this situation. The immediate effects of what these guys are doing are affecting business owners. And business owners of all shapes, sizes, colors, and backgrounds. It's not like only white people own businesses. They're going and they're protesting these places and they're affecting these businesses in, in an extremely negative way. Where Hoover, where the city of Hoover needs to step up, they need to get with these business owners and tell them all you need to do is tell us you don't want these people on your property. Whether these guys are protesting at the Galleria, they're protesting at Sam's Club, Walmart, whatever. Go to the boss, go to the GM, go to the owner and say, listen, we know this is hurting you guys. We know this is costing y'all a lot of money, especially during this time of year. If you'll just give us the word, we'll escort these guys out. We'll ask them to leave. 
It's private property. And if you want them to leave and then they refuse to, at that point, we can start arresting people. The problem is the city of Hoover doesn't want to arrest people for some reason, which in the early days of this whole thing is, just, I think, a smart move. You don't necessarily want to start off day one with tension so high with images sprayed across the TV screens across the country of African Americans being arrested in Alabama after a black man was shot. I get it. I get that. But we're past that point. Now we're at a point where these guys are doing it night after night. They're affecting uh, the people that claim to stand up for minority uh, owned businesses, business owners that are black, business owners that are uh, of, of all colors, all backgrounds. They're claiming to stand up for these people, but they're hurting them. And they're hurting them in, in one of the most um, one of the most important ways possible, which is in their wallet, how they feed their family, how their employees feed their family. It's not just the business owners, it's the people that work for them. I actually uh, spoke with someone who is the head of one of the stores. It's actually the store that is right beside where the shooting happened. And they said, our employees have worked so hard this year and leading up to this season that we made sure we put ourselves in a position to give them a raise. And now that raise is in jeopardy because their sales have dropped so drastically because of this shooting and protests thereafter. These are people that did absolutely nothing wrong. They did nothing wrong. And their lives are being affected in one of the worst ways that one of the worst ways you can affect somebody's life. But what about EJ's family? Their Christmas is ruined. Well, yes, of course it is. They lost their son. And we should all feel uh, a sympathy for that family. No matter what the reason was that this guy got shot, whether it's the cop's fault or his fault or whoever's fault. We should have sympathy for that family. But it doesn't require you to put all your sympathy that you can muster into one person. Everybody deep down has got enough sympathy to go around. Spread that, 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 that sympathy around. Spread it to those people that are losing their, their, their businesses, that are losing their raises, losing literally losing days of work because they can't get to work because people are protesting in front of their stores. Consumers that can't get in there, consumers that don't want to go there because they have no clue what's going to happen next because they know, just like I explained to you, that at any moment that thing could go south and you've got what was a protest turn into a riot. A dangerous situation. Nobody wants to shop somewhere where there's a chance, even a chance of that happening. So Hoover's got to step up. The mayor of Hoover, Bacato, he's got to step up. They need to suck it up, say whatever the backlash for this is, we'll take it, we'll, but we're going to do this by the book. If the business owners tell us these guys need to go down, 
we'll take them down. If the business owners say, get these guys out of here, we'll go ask them to leave. If they say no, they get arrested, just like anybody else would that refuses to leave a store they've been told to leave. That's it. That's all you got to do. So easy. Anyway, I didn't mean to, to ramble on about uh, the Hoover stuff. There'll be plenty more to talk about that because that story is not going anywhere. All right, the number here. Y'all ready? Write this down. 646-668-2714. 646-668-2714. We'll take a quick break, come back on the other side. I'm going to try to keep up with y'all's messages too because we're doing kind of a I like how we've been doing on the Facebook Live where we're not just talking at you, but we're talking to you. So I want to pay attention to, for you people on the live video, pay attention to what some of y'all are saying. If y'all got questions or anything, throw them out there or give us a call. We'll have my man Jeff Poor next hour. If he can make the time, we'll break down some of that Hoover stuff as well as uh, plenty of other things going on around the globe. Back after this. All right, over the line, Andrew McLean hanging out with you. Thank you all for hanging out. The number here is 646-668-2714. I've almost memorized that number. How about that? How about that, y'all? Sometimes you just got to bake right in the middle of that. I didn't get enough during the break. All right, Jeff Poor coming up next hour. If we can get our hands on him, you want to get in on the show, give us a call. Also visit overthelineshow.com. And uh, if you want to email the show, Andrew at OverTheLineShow.com. Also, if you are interested in advertising with the show, you can go to the website, and there's contact information there uh, to get in touch with us about that as we are currently putting that stuff together, which we're very excited about to keep the show progressing in the right direction. So, there you go. All right, what are we talking about? Uh, let's move. I, I'm not going to talk a whole lot about this Mueller stuff because that's Jeff wants to talk about some of that as well, so I'm going to kind of let him break it down for you guys. But um, yesterday, Mueller uh, files a, a sentencing memo regarding his criminal charges against uh, formal, former National Security Advisor, Michael Flynn, right, uh, recommends he not serve any jail time. And that's because he provided prosecutors with substantial assistance. Oh, he provided substantial assistance. So, wonder what that was. In reality, it's probably nothing. Let's be honest. But the media, the media's got it all figured out. The reason he's getting no jail time is because he gave Mueller the evidence he needed to prove that Trump 
colluded with Russia. We finally caught him. Finally caught him. I know we've said this a hundred times already, but we finally caught him. It's about time. Unfortunately, that's probably not the case, unfortunately for them. Uh, what they don't really talk about is the fact that even if he did give him jail time, it, it carries like a max sentence of six months or something. <laughs> like it's nothing. And, and I mean, when you look at it, even, even James Comey, when discussing it while he was FBI director, said that he felt like Michael Flynn didn't really lie, didn't mislead investigators. So what does that tell you? James Comey, a guy that's actually involved in this stuff, accidentally slips up and say, you know, he didn't really lie. But the Mueller team squeezed this guy, backed him into a corner, and said, here's the deal. You know, even though you you didn't really lie to us or you didn't intend to, we could take this, say this is that, and uh, we could uh, put you away for a long time. But how about this? I'll do you one better. We could put your kids in jail because of this, that, and the other. So we can either go that route or you can give us the information we want. Chances are the Mueller team didn't get the information they wanted and finally realized there's nothing we can really do. So let's go this route. Let's paint a picture that Michael Flynn gave us what we needed because that's all this investigation is. It's a big it's a big narrative battle. Let's say Michael Flynn did give us groundbreaking uh, information that that's going to blow this case wide open. And we'll put that out in the media, and that'll give people another week or two to talk about how Trump is guilty of colluding with the Russians. But yeah, we'll talk about some of that with uh, my man Jeff Poor. House Democrats are setting their agenda. They're, they're putting out there what they're looking to do now that they hold a majority in the House um, with the lead of... Nancy Pelosi, who is going to be speaker, which is going to be exciting for us all, especially if you enjoy watching Nancy Pelosi uh, have facial seizures and forget what she's saying. One of the things that they're looking to do is push to criminalize private gun sales. That is correct. Anything they can do to limit your access to firearms, they will certainly go after it. So they're going to be introducing legislation that criminalizes private gun sales once the new Congress is in session. I read this from Mother Jones, which is a very far left-leaning publication. They said that Representative Mike Thompson, who is a Democrat from California, he met with gun control groups, including the Brady Campaign, to prevent gun violence, Every Town for Gun Safety, the Center for American Progress, the Coalition to Stop Gun Violence, the Gabby Giffords Group, all these groups. 
He met with them and he asked them what they wanted. And a bill to criminalize private gun sales was on their wish list. So Thompson's going to sponsor legislation that requires a background check before someone may buy a gun from his neighbor or a co-worker or a friend to get a background check before uh, buying a gun from somebody else and then so forth and so on. The bills are going to go so far as to require a son to get a background check before a father can give him a gun as a gift or pass down a gun as a family heirloom. So if your granddaddy, if old grandpappy has his rifle from 1948 and he says, Grandson, I want you to have this rifle. I want you to take care of it. I want you to give it to your kids, your grandkids. You're going to say, okay, granddaddy. Well, uh, are you going to pay for the background check or do I have to do that? That's what the Democrats want. That's literally what they're looking to do. Now, whenever... The gun control debate sparks up. We start asking ourselves, or we start examining recent gun violence situations, whether it's mass shootings or just straight-up gun violence, whatever the case. We go back and we start looking through that stuff. And we say, okay, let's see. uh, Would this bill to criminalize private sale of uh, firearms, would it have stopped, I don't know, just pick one, uh, would it stop the, the the Parkland school in Florida? Would it stop that shooter? No, no, he he bought his gun. Um, wait, what about the Las Vegas shooter? No, he bought his gun too legally. Hmm, who else? Um, no, that one's not gonna work. Oh, he bought his gun, too. Well, okay, I can't seem to think of a, 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 a polarizing, widely known mass shooting that happened where the guy didn't um, purchase a firearm legally. But whatever. That, uh, that doesn't matter. What matters is you got to get a background check before Grandpappy gives you a gun. So y'all get ready for that. Y'all might as well start giving guns as gifts for Christmas. Because next Christmas, you may have to do a background check. You're going to pay $600 for that gun, but you also got to pay for the background check as well. Now, do you do the background check before you give the Christmas gift? Or do you hold off on that because you're afraid that it'll tip them off as to what their Christmas gift is? And if you are going to do that, how do you explain that away? Dad, why are you giving me a background check? Well, son, just want to make sure you're on the straight and narrow. That's the Democrats, and that's their plan to uh, advance this country in a great direction.
the, the Democrats are just the Democrats in the House in particular, but the Senate as well are so disingenuous and such hypocrites and, and really so clueless as to what's best for this country, what's best for just particular issues for their own interest. Like everybody's against gun violence, right? Both sides. The left wants people to think that they're more against gun violence. So uh, they are the ones that actually care about it. But unfortunately, they're the ones that are actually doing things that aren't helping and possibly making it worse, a lot worse, to prevent gun violence. They're the one that's making it harder to prevent gun violence when the other side that's being accused of not caring is actually trying to alleviate the problem. That's what makes these people hypocrites. Another thing that makes them hypocrites is on the environmental front. I saw a report where Bernie Sanders apparently spent $300,000 in one month on private jet travel. Whatever happened to tree-hugging, environment-loving Bernie? $300,000 on private jet travel. You remember you remember during the campaign when everybody's like, Bernie Sanders is such a modest guy. He sleeps in a one-bedroom apartment and eats McDonald's. He's just like us. Yeah, just like us, spending $300,000 a month on private jet travel. Yeah, yeah, Bernie's just like us, y'all. And then you've got Senator Senator Hirono, Maisie Hirono. Now, she's the chick uh, that looks like the other. Who's the one woman from Saturday Night Live? Y'all have to help me out with this. I think it's Saturday Night Live. It's uh, the Asian lady. That says, um, I can't even remember the catchphrase now. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Uh, she actually kind of looks like Mike Pence's wife, too. Y'all have to tell me who that is. Because I can't remember. I can't even remember her catchphrase. Anyway, that's who this lady reminds me of. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Maisie Hirono, Democrat from Hawaii. You saw her in, uh, you, you've seen her in, in several. Uh, high-profile instances like the Kavanaugh hearings and, and others, she was doing some sort of speaking engagement yesterday. Uh, she was answering questions with a journalist at the Bend Towards Justice Conference in Washington, D.C. Bend Towards Justice, okay. Uh, and she goes on to talk about... <laughs> And this is just how disingenuous these Democrats are. She goes on to talk about how Democrats are so smart that they have to be cautious of people's feelings and, and, and going off facts too often and not what's in people's hearts. That They're so smart that they can overlook the other things, the emotional-based things. Even the audacity to say that the Democrats don't base their policy decisions on emotions is absurd. But to get out here and talk about, you know, you're smarter than everybody else. 
that's not really how you connect to the American people. Here, I'll play you a little bit of it. This is from yesterday with uh, Maisie Hirono. I guess connected to this asymmetry of focus and intensity mm -hmm. around the court, and obviously we're talking to a room of people who really, really care about the courts. What is the thing that Democrats need to be saying about why the courts matter? Like, if... If it didn't work when we had a vacant seat that was held open for a year, and by the way, while Ted Cruz was campaigning on, right, Ted Cruz was running in 2016 saying not just, I held this seat open for a year, but I'll hold it open for four more years if Hillary gets elected. I mean, they're openly crusading about it. What is the thing Democrats need to say to help voters bump this from issue number 14 up to issue number Go. Oh, here we go. Here we go. You ready for this? I wish I had the answer to that because one of the things that we uh, Democrats um, have a really hard time uh, is connecting to people's hearts instead of here. Uh, we're really good at showing out all the information that touch people. She says uh, their hearts instead of here. She points at her head. But not here. And I have been saying at all of our Senate Democratic retreats that we need to speak to the heart, not in a manipulative way, not in a way that brings forth everybody's fears and, and resentment. Here's what's crazy. It, you speak to the heart. That's all they do is play on people's emotions. Yet she's like, that's that's not what we do, but we've really got to get but to that. Actually, to speak to the heart so that people know that we're actually on their side. We have a really hard time doing that. And one of the reasons that, that it was told to me at one of our retreats was that we Democrats know so much that is true and we have to kind of <laughs> tell everybody how smart we are and and so we have a tendency to to be very left brain and we think this uh, really that has a we have to tell everybody how smart we are that's the thing we've got to do we've got to tell everybody how smart we are do you do you think that's how you connect with the American people? Tell them how smart you are? How many of y'all enjoy being around people that say they know everything? How many of y'all take advice or listen to or or put credence in in what people say, people that say they know everything? How much do you invest in, in what those people say? That is not how people make decisions. So one of the books that I always bring up is The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt, where the images of an elephant, and the elephant is making all the decisions, go right, go forward, whatever. There's a rider on the elephant. The rider simply explains the elephant's decisions. Republicans speak to the elephant. The Democrats speak to the rider. That is why we're not speaking to people. I don't even know what she's talking about now. Republicans speak to the elephant, and Democrats speak to the writer, whatever that means. Anyway, this is how it's going to go with Democrats, and this is something that um, that I noticed today as I'm kind of pilfering through the news. Uh, there are the attorneys general of the District of Columbia, the, the Attorney General in D.C., and the Attorney General in Maryland are apparently planning to file subpoenas and may have already done so as of yesterday 
to seek records from the Trump Organization, the IRS, and dozens of other entities as part of a lawsuit accusing Donald Trump of profiting off the presidency. This is the continued desperation of the Democrats. Now you're like, well, it's attorney generals. They're just trying to find justice. Oh, are they? Attorney generals of of Maryland and and D.C. are accusing Donald Trump of profiting off the presidency. They don't have enough to do. This is what they're doing. This is a complete political move that will be supported by the new Democrats in Congress, Democrats in the House, the Democrat-led House, and Democrats in the Senate. They'll completely latch on to this. But if Democrats continue to win, if they win in 2020, and, and we're just assuming that Donald Trump remains in office, if he does, and then Democrats win the House again and the Senate, this is the kind of stuff that will go on day after day after day after day. It'll be nothing but investigations. It will be nothing to advance this nation's interest. It'll be what it's been for the past two years. All Donald Trump, all the time, That's all we're worried about. That's where you'll be going with that. So we're going to keep our eye on that and see what that turns into. The the subpoenas apparently target more than 30 Trump-linked private entities and the federal agency that oversees the lease for Trump's D.C. hotel. The subpoenas were also being sent to the Department of Defense, General Services Administration, Department of Commerce, Department of Agricultural, uh, Agriculture, and the IRS, all of which who have spent taxpayer dollars at the hotel. So they're saying that because Trump has a hotel in D.C., when government officials stay there and they're using their government funds to to pay their pay for the room, pay for whatever, that Trump is then stealing taxpayer money. He's then using taxpayer money to benefit himself. So what's he supposed to do? Just let him stay for free? He's already working for free. Isn't that amazing? That that We've got attorney generals from across the country filing subpoenas in order to prove that a president who is donating his salary every quarter is benefiting from being president. That's where we're at in 2018. That's where we're at, y'all. So welcome to the new age of politics. We'll take a quick break. Coming back on the other side, might have my man Jeff Poor on. If we do, we'll break down some of those topics. Overthelineshow.com, overthelineshow.com. Also, the number here, 646-668-2714. Don't go anywhere. 
Over the Line Show, overthelineshow.com. We put our description on there as the podcast your mom warned you about, even though your mom doesn't know what a podcast is. And that's okay. She doesn't have to know. Although she should listen. If your mom's not listening, make her listen. My mom listens. That should be enough incentive. All right, 646-668-2714. If you want to get in on the show, 646-668-2714. So excited to, to be back live with you guys after our little hiatus we technically didn't take a hiatus we still did facebook which we uploaded here to the youtube channel if you are new to this channel make sure you click the subscribe button even if you're not watching live click the also the bell icon so you can see when we're live when we post new videos we'll have some uh, Behind-the-scenes videos will be uploading. Those will be mainly on... We may not necessarily put them on the YouTube channel. We might. We might not. I don't know. Uh, but they'll definitely... I guess we will. Because we'll have to... We'll put them on here, and then we'll put them on the the website as well. And uh, we'll have, we've got a lot of stuff coming up for you on that. Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter as well. When you go to the website, go to the bottom of the page and uh, enter your email and uh, that'll that'll get you hooked up with any important, very important updates that we might have to pass your way. It is getting colder and colder in this studio to the point that I can barely take it. I can't feel my feet, but I I have a uh, warm crotch and abdomen as I have a heater between my legs. So that's good. That's why I keep putting my hands under the table. <laughs> Because uh, I can't, uh, I can't feel anything else. I gotta have my hands though. All right. Uh, oh, let me do this. The the George Bush, George W. Bush, at his father's, um, at his father's funeral. I believe it was today. And I hope I've got that right. Let me look here. Um. Yes, this was earlier today. Just making sure I'm not getting my days mixed up. I didn't even realize it was Wednesday until about halfway through the day. But I don't want to play you the whole thing because it's like 12 minutes long. But I do want to play you the last few minutes because it's a, it's, it's a very touching and emotional speech. But it's also, uh, it's also funny at times. And if, you, if you've already heard it, I apologize in advance. But I thought it was really good because just like his dad, George W. Bush is a solid dude. No matter what you think about his presidency, there were plenty flaws in his presidency. But as a as a person, I really do like George W. Bush. So here you go, George W. Bush at his uh, father's funeral earlier today. Finally, every day of his 73 years of marriage, Dad taught us all what it means to be a great husband. He married a sweetheart. He adored her. He laughed and cried with her. He was dedicated to her totally. In his old age, Dad enjoyed watching police show reruns, the volume on high, <laughs> all the while holding 
mom's hand. After mom died, dad was strong, but all he really wanted to do was hold mom's hand again. Of course, dad taught me another special lesson. He showed me what it means to be a president who serves with integrity, leads with courage, and acts with love in his heart for the citizens of our country. When the history books are written, they will say that George H.W. Bush was a great president of the United States, a diplomat of unmatched skill, a commander-in-chief of formidable accomplishment, and a gentleman who executed the duties of his office with dignity and honor. In his inaugural address, the 41st President of the United States said this, we cannot hope only to leave our children a bigger car, a bigger bank account. We must hope to give them a sense of what it means to be a loyal friend, a loving parent, a citizen who leaves his home, his neighborhood, and town better than he found it. What do we want the men and women who work with us to say when we are no longer there? That we were more driven to succeed than anyone around us, or that we stopped to ask if a sick child had gotten better and stayed a moment there to trade a word of friendship. Well, Dad, we're going to remember you for exactly that and much more. And we're going to miss you. Your decency, sincerity, and kind soul will stay with us forever. So through our tears, let us know the blessings of knowing and loving you, a great and noble man, the best father a son or daughter could have. And in our grief, let us smile knowing that Dad is hugging Robin and holding Mom's hand again. And that was from George W. Bush earlier today at his, uh, his dad's funeral. Uh, if you get the opportunity, and it's on YouTube, you can go back and watch the, the full 12-minute uh, prepared speech that he gave. There was actually a, a lot of funny moments that he recounted with uh, his dad, things his dad had done or said, because he was, uh, as we know, he was a very funny dude. So that's out there. I encourage you to go back and watch it. It's, uh, it's really good. Really good. 646-668-2714 uh, will get you in. I, I also wanted to kind of talk about this. Uh, I, I saw this article last night, and it, the headline piqued my interest, so I decided to go and, and look at it and read up on it. It's about a, a Christian musical artist. Um, and I'm not familiar with this lady because I, I don't listen to Christian music, not because I got anything against it, just I listen to other stuff. Um, her name is Lauren Daigle. Am I getting that right? Lauren Daigle. Uh, she was doing some sort of interview, I don't know if it's a radio interview or whatever, uh, and she was asked about homosexuality, if she agreed with it, she was against it, whatever, uh, and, and this came on the heels of an appearance she did on the Ellen DeGeneres show, is it called, is that what it's called, or is it just called Ellen, I don't know, I don't watch that either, I know about it, but I don't watch it, I like Ellen too, she's all right. 
she's all right, people. And she's not obnoxiously liberal, which is always a plus, no matter who you are. So she went on, uh, she went on Ellen, and then after that, she she does this interview, and they ask her at the end of the interview what her views on homosexuality are. And she said this, I can't honestly answer on that. In a sense, I have too many people that I love that are homosexual. I don't know. I actually had a conversation with someone last night about it. I can't say one way or the other. I'm not God. So when people ask questions like that, that's what my go-to is. Like I just say, read the Bible and find out for yourself. And when you find out, let me know, because I'm learning too. Um, she's taken a lot of heat for that answer, which is a given, because it, it's much like, it, it's another thing of knowing your audience, whether you're the Dixie Chicks or you're this dude from Florida Georgia Line that's wanting to push gun control or whatever, you got to know your audience. Um, but it should be noted that, that she's recently taken heat, and this I found this out as I was kind of learning about her. She, she's recently taken heat for, for bad reasons as well, like they've criticized her for uh, even appearing on The Ellen Show, which I think is ridiculous. She's been scolded for outfits that she wears. She's been um, criticized for uh, the way she speaks or the way she sings or uh, being too mainstream or worldly or whatever the case. It, plenty of things that they've, they've criticized her about, like uh, being at award shows and, and failing to say Jesus Christ a sufficient number of times during the, during the course of her answers or or whatever. Plenty of dumb reasons she's been she's been uh, criticized. This one I, I I think it's it's a little bit different because of like I said your whole knowing your audience. Not only that, but she gave her critics a legitimate excuse to criticize her by answering the question the way she did. Because if you're if you're going to earn your money by catering to a Christian audience, you can't claim that you don't know what the Bible has to say about uh, homosexuality. You just can't do that. So what she should have said, or... I don't want to say what she should have said. I'm going to give you some options of what she could have said. Said, uh, yes, it's a sin. Or she could have said um, things like, go read your Bible and see for yourself, and left it at that. She could have completely refused to answer the question. Because really, at the end of the day, this was a trap laid out by the, this interviewer, because they did it at the end of the show, at the end of the interview, without time for any sort of deep discussion about it. It was like, hey, you know, here's the question, give me a yes or no answer. So it was a trap from the get-go. But she could have said, listen, the, the Bible says homosexuality is a sin, I believe in the Bible, but on a personal level, I, I really... 
I really struggle to understand and accept the these teachings because I have gay friends and family members. I'm trying to better comprehend why the Bible says what it says, and, and I hope you'll pray for me as I ensue in trying to figure out what all this means. Could have been it. He could have said any of that. But you made a boneheaded move by answering the way you did. And uh, she's catching a lot of heat. I don't wish her career to be over or anything like that. But at the same time, don't be a bonehead. Don't answer questions that way. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying. All right. uh, 646-668-2714 is the number that will get you in. Uh, there's a few other things that uh, I were going to get. I was going to get to today. We we may wait until tomorrow since we're here at the the end of the show. Uh, but they have to do. I'll just I'll preview them for you, and it'll uh, it'll be good if I save them for tomorrow too. Tomorrow will be the last show of the week. I, I feel like we've only done two shows, even though we did the Facebook Live stuff. Um, because we go th- Monday through Thursday as of right now. Until we get everything sorted out, we'll stretch it out and we'll do five days a week. But we're just Monday through Thursday for now. Uh, so we'll be back tomorrow, 4 to 6, bringing you guys over the line. Some of the things we'll talk about tomorrow. And go Vols, Jeff. Go Vols. We'll talk about uh, a baby Jesus and a nativity scene that is being held in a steel cage as part of a church's immigration-themed nativity scene. We'll bring you that. We'll also talk about the satanic statue that is at the State House in Chicago, in Illinois. We'll give you some news on PETA, where they're letting you know bring home the bacon is a racist saying. And it's just as bad as anti-gay slurs. Since we're on that topic, if you say, bring home the bacon, you might as well be using derogatory anti-gay slurs, according to PETA. Also, some feminist stuff out of um, out of Denver that's actually pretty graphic, and I'll give you that grandma story, too, where... She was misclassified in prison as trans and got put in a male prison. Not a good situation. Also, men in 2018 who are fearing false accusations against women are now asking women to create consent videos to give them in the event that the women come back and accuse them of... uh, getting frisky against their will. That's correct. Two consenting adults. The guy says, I'm going to need you to consent to this on video before we get started, and then we can go ahead with our horizontal mumbo. But I just need it on the record. <laughs> so you got to take, like, permission slips or consent forms. Yeah, why video? Why not just print out consent forms and give them in your glove box, and then whenever it happens, be like, you could just sign here, here, initial here, 
and one more signature and the date. And there we go. We're good. That's the Me Too era. That's what the Me Too era has done. But we'll talk all about that tomorrow. That and plenty more things. Whatever is in the news, we'll be bringing it to you guys. It's going to be exciting, as it always is here on Over the Line. Don't forget OverTheLineShow.com. OverTheLineShow.com. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter, our emailer list. Scroll to the very bottom of the page. It's right there. Uh, the the page right now is kind of bare, but we're going to be getting that stuff together. Your merchandise store, your behind-the-scenes videos, and then the availability of the show in audio form to take with you wherever you go. Subscribe to this channel here on the YouTubes. If you haven't, if you're new to the show, subscribe, click the notification bell, and you will be informed whenever we either go live or we post a new video. It'll be all there for you. Over the line on Facebook. Go like that page. At Andrew McLean Who on Twitter. At Andrew McLean Who. Hook it up. We'll be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time. Until then, see you, guys.